Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Perth Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to a side that had no competitive fixture last weekend, the mighty Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Kennedy, and joining me to have a gab about the Gorgie, as always, is Mr. Daniel McIver. How are we doing, Daniel? Gab about the Gorgie. You're getting better with these intros every single time. I'm doing very well. How are you, especially after we got a lot of messages about your COVID scare last week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh good. Thank you, mate. Um, obviously, I'm more delighted about you being complimentary with regards to my <laughs> intros rather than uh, escaping coronavirus. But yeah. Um, no, my, my only concern today is dragging out the conversation for this podcast because mm. we've got a few wee things to discuss with obviously having no fixture and whatever, but we're going to chat about what's been happening with Hearts since the last episode. So we've got a new arrival to discuss. We've got the interview that the club shared with sporting director Joe Savage. We've got a contract ex- extension to one of our favourite players to talk about. And we're going to end with a little sort of I don't want to say a happy segment because I'd imagine that it'll be, well, flowing with positivity, this this podcast, but something a little bit more lighthearted to end on, let's say, mm-hmm. um, with a vintage Maroon 11 courtesy of Maroon Tinted Specs. But, however, we are better to start than the news that came out today uh, on the day of recording that the SFA have announced that the bottom two professional leagues of the Scottish Professional Football League, Leagues 1 and 2, along with the Scottish Cup, have been put on hold for three weeks. Is this any real surprise to you, Daniel, to see this trio of competitions suspended? Um, Yes and no. Uh, No, I'm not surprised at all because I think it's the way that everything's been pointing. Um, What I am kind of surprised at, however, is that the Championship has been able to stay. I'm delighted, and I think it should, um, by a few points that we will inevitably get into in a wee minute, but um, just with the way that this governing body operates, and that is something we will definitely get onto in the next few minutes, I'm just surprised they actually took the initiative to keep this league going. Um, obviously, it's incredibly, incredibly debatable, especially as, which again, we'll also get to, there is one full-time club that has been affected incredibly negatively by this, but I do get the reasoning behind it, because with the exception of that one full-time team, the rest of the teams in those leagues are part-time. I've actually just remembered Queen's Park and they're full-time, but you know what I mean. The majority of those teams are part-time which means it is incredibly hard to maintain a social bubble and that is kind of how we've been operating with this Um, the kind of prerequisite was that all players who play in the Scottish leagues were going to be bubbling together that's really easy to do when you're a full-time club because all the players work life is the football club and then they just go home and be with their families part-time however it's split between home life their actual careers and then football which means it is near on impossible to try and maintain anything especially when you don't test which is another aspect because clubs allegedly could not afford to test which of course we'll get into that as well due to grants and provisions that have been given however it's a very intricate and delicate situation so thankfully we have the most professional lot organising it or we actually just have a bunch of children who seem to have ran into a room and went, we'll sort this, and never have left. 
But what's your thoughts on it? Well, I, I'm I'm not surprised. I think you've touched on it there. I think the key point that we could take away from all this is the Scottish games struggles sort of due to a lack of resources. So I think that suspension and that sort of like was was pretty much inevitable. Obviously, you've been very vocal about it um, on Twitter, and you reckon that the championship's not too far behind. Um, I think earlier in the day, I was a lot more pessimistic. I was like, there is no chance this is happening. Because, and the basis on that, before I should kind of caveat, is that I believed clubs were going to use the excuse, we can't afford to test. Despite the fact James Anderson gave money and recently the government gave grants to clubs from the championship down. They gave all money to every team. However, the Premiership is just a loan. They had to pay it all back. Whereas from the championship down, it was a grant. You were just given the money. And I was, I was thinking they're just going to say they don't have the money to do it. And so many clubs are going to do it that we're going to have to be hollied. However, Barry Anderson stated, I don't know where he's got his statistics from, so take this with a pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. But Barry Anderson seems to think that for from now until the end of the season, for every championship club to test weekly, it'll be between fifty and £60,000. Now, that is nowhere near the amount of money that was given to the clubs. So that should be... Fine. They should be able to do that no problem at all. Because if they have done with that money that it was given to them for, that's a sentence, if they were if they've used that money in the correct way, I should say, then that should be no issue. Fifty to sixty grand across the next five months is fine. However still a pr- still adds up though, doesn't it? It does, but it is just that one sum and they were given half a million in the grant so yeah, 50,000 no, out of, of half a million it's a fraction a it's what 10% of it or whatever absolutely yeah I, I don't know I mean it just it I don't know who I feel more for the part time clubs with not having the resources or the full timers like you say your Queen's Park uh, Falkirk Thistle like these are all Obviously, they're the, the trio that I can think of off the top of my head, currently mm. occupying Leagues 1 and 2. And I, it's, bound, it's bound to be frustrating not being able to, obviously, follow that through and try and crack on with their season. Thistle the, um, in particular. Part, given, I was just about to say, yeah, the Thistle yeah. statement was heartbreaking. But it's just, I, I, re- I really feel for Thistle, probably, f- probably first and foremost, mm-hmm. given, obviously, the whole nonsense about there, I love how they even said in the statement the fact that they were demoted as opposed to relegated. <laughs> I thought that made me chuckle a wee bit, but I just feel for them with that. And then obviously this is like the latest, um, the latest kind of block that they've been hit with. So I don't know. I'd, it just there's some there's something not quite right. I don't know what they've done with the dough, like you say, because if it is just a small fraction, then surely. They can crack on. It no. should be fine. It should, and obviously the two teams that you kind of look to in our league to that could potentially knacker it is the two part-time teams because weirdly there's a situation where there's a couple of full-time teams who can't play, but there's a couple of part-time teams that can play due to the fact that Alloa and Arbroath are in our league and they're part-time. 
However, they are the two clubs that you would imagine will go, we can't test. However, half a million given to Aloha. That they wouldn't see if a normal season was going on. Surely that would be less than what they make in gates in a full year. No, of course, and I think I'd be I'd be concerned if I was a Greenock Morton fan as well. They they also seem to kind of well their their financial struggles have been highlighted somewhat, mm-hmm. and I think it's probably fair to chuck them in that same bracket. Yeah. So. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it all pans out, but I don't know. Anyway, but let's just eliminate sort of the only real negative talking point mm-hmm. kind of of this pod, um, because there are a plethora of, of positives to discuss. The first of which is a new signing down Gorgie Way. So Hearts confirmed their first signing of the January window with the addition of former Dundee United, Celtic and Aberdeen winger Gary Mackay-Steven after his New York City FC contract expired. Daniel, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts because I listened back to last week's podcast and you said this. Who Have you got any wingers on the shortlist? No. I do. Oh, you do? I do. I do indeed. It's not Gary Mackay-Steven because I see it's that It's not Gary Mackay-Steven. I don't want him. I don't want Greg Stewart either. I don't want either of them to come. I'd take, I'd take either of them. They're better than no. what we've got. No, Why? they're not. Why? They're both old men who have no legs anymore. We're just speaking about Jamie Walker with no legs. So you want to sign 31-year-old Gary McKay-Steven and 30-year-old Greg Stewart? I guarantee they put a better shift in than Jamie Walker. Well, that I could put in a better shift than Jamie Walker. Because at least I'd try. Right, I did say that. However, if people go back and listen to the full episode, you will understand I am in a rant. A full-on rant about Jamie Walker. And therefore, not really thinking. And also, Greg Stewart comes into that rant as well. <laughs> and then... I've just, I've just chucked the pair that, of them under the bus, haven't I, really? Just, yeah, you have. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Gary and Kai Stephen then gets mentioned at the end. And I'm in full rage mode. So you could have said messy and it would have been like, he's too old, mate. Like, I would have found an issue with whoever you had mentioned. However, I then, even while editing, I was thinking, I stand by what I said about Jamie Walker. I stand by what I said about Greg Stewart. If we end up signing Gary Mackay-Steven, I'm going to get ruined for this. So what are you saying to me now? mere days, mere days later, we sign him. And what I'm saying now is is that I don't think we've had a bigger coup than signing Stephen Naismith permanently. Or or sort of since Stephen Naismith for GMS. I'd probably go along with that. My logic behind that, I should probably express that. So you look at kind of, in the last, in the Anne Budge era, I guess you could say the biggest signings, the five, in my opinion... Have been, this is not in any order, this is just the names, have been uh-huh. John Souter, Stephen Naismith, Christoph Berra, Craig Gordon, and Gary Mackay-Steven now. You could wow. put Liam Boyce in that as well. I was thinking, so, sort of sort of as unknowns, I was going to say Michael Smith and Peter Haring arguably could be as well. Absolutely. What I mean by these five signs is the name is, value behind yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I get where you're coming from. 
The logic um, I'm using, however, that Gary Mackay Stephen is bigger than most of them is that Craig Gordon and Christoph Berra are in the same boat. How they both said they wanted to come back to the uh, back to the club. They obviously have personal and emotional connections to Hearts. Started their mm-hmm. careers there. Both Hearts fans, so it's not as surprising that we managed to get them in. Even Liam yeah. Boyce, who we will include in this little thing, still kind of had ties to the club through Austin McPhee, the Northern Ireland job. We were in the Premiership at the time. It was kind of like, right, okay, he could come in and kind of boost us back up the table. However, and sorry, with all due respect, Hearts are a miles bigger club than Burton Albion and Ross County. Absolutely. That's a that's another fantastic aspect of that. However, Stephen Naismith is a multiple-time Scottish Premier League winner, over 50... Obviously, he got his 50th cap when when he was at us. However, countless caps for Scotland, played in the Barclays Premier League for nearly a decade, at the top, top level of the sport. Him signing for us was quite a coup at the time. John Souter... 2016, January 2016, quite a comparable signing, a former Dundee United guy in January, um, was one of the highest touted youngsters there is, and he came to us in what was, I know Dundee United had to sell, because they were going through a bit of kind of financial insecurity, they didn't know what was going to happen, and he was kind of their only saleable asset, so we came in for him, but Gary Mackay Stephen had put on that level, because it's it's us in the championship, and it, if rumours are to be believed, he turned down Aberdeen. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've got my own reasons kind of for that later on. I think that same window that they lost John Souter, did Gary Mackay, Stephen, and Stuart Armstrong both sign for Celtic? I believe that so. That same day. Yeah, or they both signed on deadline day, but I think. GMS had agreed a pre-contract beforehand. Is that I right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that I mean that's that is a shocking window, but it's fair to say I, I'm honestly I'm ecstatic with this signing. I've I've always had a soft spot for for Gary Mackay, Stephen. He's one of those players that I think you sort of can't help but admire, even despite the former clubs that he's played for and the fact that he's a boyhood Hibs fan with Hybees in his email address. I mean, when I watched that, there's always been kind of a little debate as to who he supported. And then I remember watching the open goal interview with Cy Ferry the first time, and I just I, my heart just sank. And I was adamant that once Aberdeen had picked him up um, after his Celtic spell, that the opportunity for us to sign him had gone and that, that was it. But I think what's key, you briefly touched on it there, is that, in a time of real need, we've been able to secure his signature, and I'm just amazed because Hearts have made a signing that, firstly, the majority of fans wanted, and secondly, that actually genuinely makes sense. 2021's off to a weird start. Hearts are doing sensible business. This year's going to be worse than 2020. <laughs> really well. I just, I, I want to say because Aaron Fraser pointed me in the direction of the video on the SPFL. YouTube mm-hmm. channel. There's one that shows kind of his best skills, tricks, and goals. Is it the one we, at Kilmarnock? Uh, honestly, mate, there's there's just there's a catalogue of them. But he he was a soccer AM showboat regular back in the day. It yeah. just if I could sum it up, he's a wing king with excitement, 
And it's fair to say that I was nearly winking with excitement, if you know what I mean. And that's why the title is that, lads. We've had that planned for the start. Hope you liked it. <laughs> but no, obviously, like I say, I, I watched his open goal interview back and I was encouraged when he spoke about um, his desire to play because I too thought you said, mentioned that he rejected Aberdeen. I thought he was destined to go back to the Dons. But then... I remembered the plethora of wide players that Aberdeen have at their disposal and I had to get a little list on the go. So, Niall McGinn, Ryan Hedges, Johnny Hayes, Connor McLennan, Scott Wright and Matty Kennedy all play on the flanks. That's six wingers. And I know that they play a three at the back, so some might be seen as wing backs. And they might be losing Scott Wright, allegedly, to Rangers. Yeah, so I think or at least in my opinion anyway, his playing opportunities may have been somewhat limited, whereas he comes into us as first choice, and I think ultimately that's what's tipped it in our favour. I don't know whether you'd say the same. I agree, and wages. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can offer, I don't care that we're in the Championship. We, can pro, we have the third highest wage bill in Scotland, so there is that aspect of it. But you're, you're completely spot on. He, he will know that... Listen, he'll have done his research. He's no stupid. He won't just sign for a team, as you just said, without thinking about it. He'll have watched our games and seen, probably, that, okay, that Janelli boy's good. However, he's not on my side, so I don't really need to worry about him. Eh, who's my competition? Oh. And he must have just been like, right, well, even if I've got one leg, I'm still getting into this team. <laughs> even then, you said that Janelli's on the other side I actually see when you watch it it looks as though he's comfortable on either side even through the middle sort Mm -hmm. of in a support role so I think that flexibility is fantastic and to be honest I think us playing in the championship is great for him too because I don't want to be disrespectful here but if we were in the premiership and in dire need of this signing that rush to kind of get him up to match sharpness would be crazy whereas Mm -hmm. I think it's more lax given the quality of opposition that we're up against. Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? Absolutely. It means that there's so much less pressure on him because even if he's having off yeah. days, he still should be able to take the pit. I cannot wait, Adam, for... We're playing Alawa this weekend, hopefully, if we're even allowed to play football because hearts just seem to be banned from playing football just now. Um, if he can play, I don't know if he can play, but I just want to see him ripping apart defenders with elasticos, McGeady spinning inside and hitting a Rabona for 40 yards. I can't wait. No, I, I can't wait to see him pull on that modern jersey either. Um, but of course, GMS has joined what most would consider uh, a premiership squad with sort of full international players, one of whom has committed their future uh, to Heart and Midlothian. Daniel, how delighted are you to see Michael Smith commit to the Jambos till the summer of 2022? I screamed. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I was sat working and I was just like, I'll just quickly check Twitter. So that, and I literally went, oh! I literally did that. I'm so, honestly, listen, I have made no bones about it. Michael Smith, this is a big call. But we'll get to it later in the video as well. He's my favourite right-back to ever play for the club. Wow. It's a big statement, given you've got the former gaffer. I know. You've got 
Callum Patterson off the top of my head. I know, but they're the only two that come close. And they both come very close. But I just love Michael Smith. I love him so much. He's a beautiful dad. And I couldn't be happy. He's also, though, been our best player in the last four years. Easy. He's the best yeah, thing I'd... Ian Cathro ever gave to this football club. He's the only you know thing it... Ian Cathro ever gave to this football club. Do, do you know, it, it's funny, I, I had a chat with uh, my workmate Lewis about this today. How can Ian Cathro come into hearts and get it spot on with the signings of Smith and Lafferty and yet in that same window we pick up Rafa Jelak and Cole Stockton in similar positions. I don't understand how somebody can get it bang on or just way off the mark like In that. fairness, I think it's because it wasn't him. It was Austin McPhee going, <laughs> going, I've got two Northern Irish guys. Oh, don't. I'll bring them in. Ian, you get the other two, so we've got depth. <laughs> I'll bring these two in. Oh, listen, that's, that's probably summed it all up. Um, Do you remember that story? But, this is such a side note, but just you mentioned Lafferty there. Do you remember that story where Lafferty spoke about the fact that when they were on that pre-season tour in Ireland... Oh, no. I know what you're going to say. Lafferty about, Walker... About, about the front three. Yeah, yeah, Lafferty Walker and Isma got taken to a pub, given whiskey, and that Cathro went, I want 60 goals between the three of you. And in that season, we got 20... And Lafferty got 19 of them. Jesus. Oh, dear. Anyway, that's just... Oh, that actually sends shivers down I my love spine. I that story. Just they were given whiskey. That's surely the first red flag. Probably. It just... Uh, listen, you're right. Ian Cathro, for all his faults, did... Well, I was going to say did give us Michael Smith, but... Maybe it was Austin McPhee, but I just benefit I'm, I'm of the doubt as well. Benefit of the doubt, it was Ian Cathro. Let's just give him yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was all on him. Um, that's what's earned him his move to Wolves. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I share those exact same thoughts on Michael Smith. I mean, I've run out of superlatives now for for Michael Smith. He's just he's the best footballer of the club, in my opinion, and. Ultimately, we all dream of a team of Michael Smiths, both on the park and sort of his desire and want to play for the club and realising how lucky he is to play for Hearts. He just gets it. He just gets it. I also did some research. Um, Michael Smith now, if he sees out the end of his career uh, contract sorry, with us, we will officially be the club he has played longest for. Because it was 2017 he joined? Yep, so it'll been five years, and previously the longest stint he had was three years, 11 months at Peterborough. Three years. Interesting. It I is. mean, I think, I think listen, I, I, I've already bashed Ross County and Burton Albion, but who was he at? Bristol Rovers and Peterborough. Mm-hmm. It's not really a contest, is it? No. By the way, I'm really sorry to go back. However, I'll just say a statistic, and I just remembered I had literally one other statistic, and it was about Gary McKay Stephen. So we're going back. Right, go on. Hold on. <laughs> go on. Um, I found out that on average, Elliot Freer in a game takes on his man 
average 0.3% of the time. 0.3%? Yeah. Jordan Roberts does it 1.2%. Gary Mackay-Steven averages, in his time in Scotland, 72% take-ons. Jesus. I'm not saying he's going to come in and do that, but I am saying that. But that's the sign of a top player, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody that's willing to give up possession and then ultimately do everything to sort of get it back. Yeah. So I'm very sorry about going back, but I just remembered that I had that stat ready. No, that that's an absolute belter. Where, where did you get that from? Transfermarket.com. The place where every single football pad- podcaster goes for their stats. <laughs> and in my case, last week... Uh, out of contract SPFL Premiership players so <laughs> shout, shout out transfer market but uh, absolutely yeah no it's just obviously it's funny that you mention sort of a player that we've recruited and now obviously a member or a member that he joins in the playing squad mm-hmm. um, somebody that's obviously tasked with putting all this together is the new sporting director Joe Savage mm-hmm. Um We've obviously both watched his interview, as I would imagine that the majority of Jambos listening into this have. What did you make of his little sit-down with uh, with Hearts, mate? Oh, he talked very well. He talks very well. He's very human, I felt. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good sign, first and foremost, particularly in recruitment, I'd say. Mm-hmm. He just feels really... like he's, He just seems like quite a laugh, to be honest, where he was, he was just like... I technically was a professional football player. I don't know if I could be classed as one. <laughs> I know, and then he started listening off. Who was it? Stenhouse Muir and Albion Rovers or yeah. something? Listen, if you've played, you've played. It shouldn't matter Absolutely. who you've played for. But um, his actual um, off-the-field CV, however, was far more impressive because joined Hamilton and they obviously got promoted. Went to Norwich, they got promoted went to Preston and as he put it they've been pushing in the top six consistently with a bottom six budget now as we know we one of our incredibly vocal and loyal listeners Rick um, he'll be able to tell us more if they have been operating with a bottom six budget but I'm going to believe him if he says that because that would be quite an easy thing to prove right or wrong so he clearly has experience in the role that he's in and he spoke about how during the first lockdown to when he started to kind of read more and do more research in the sporting director role and when he realised it was coming up here he couldn't not go for it and as he said himself he's been involved in getting Michael Smith signed to a new deal according to him Gary McCann-Stephen was Robin Nielsen's number one target on his list for January and he helped get it through he phoned his agent and stuff like that so I know it's kind of just like if Roy Keane was here he'd be like well that's his job so he shouldn't be praised for it however I think he should Roy I think he should. What about you, though? Yeah, no, I, like you say, with uh, with the GMS signing and, and Michael Smith's contract, he's off to a blinding start already. So that being said, we've still got two extensions we'd like to see. So mm-hmm. if you if you happen to be listening, Mr. Savage, um, that would be fantastic. Um, but no, it was obviously... It was very complimentary about Hearts, the Scottish game itself seems to be fully aware of the opportunity he has you're right in that his track record with obviously working with Alex Neal is, is very impressive um, and I think the Preston link is key to all this as well given the players that we've been linked with mm-hmm. uh, recently so 
there obviously seems to be a lot of responsibility given he talked about uh, well a, a variety of different stuff he mentioned the academy uh, women's team obviously the recruitment first and foremost analysis so it's encouraging that we've identified the areas that we need to improve the players to strengthen the team and what have you so I'm, I'm just delighted that that's the case hopefully it's the start of a successful tenure Absolutely. Again, I'm really sorry to do this. I'm all over the place today. But speaking about interviews, Gary McKay Stevens interview, he has the softest voice. He's got a lovely voice. He's from Thursday. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Which, which I had never even heard of prior to him. <laughs> do you not? Gary McKay no. Stevens put Thursday on the map for you. What can I say? Oh, but oh, he's got and a it, lovely voice. And it was the smile. The little, the little twinkle in his eye, that he's, cheesy grin. He's just beautiful, isn't he? What a guy. What he looks like guy. Joel Scared as well. <laughs> so you've just said that he's beautiful, but he looks like Joel Scared. Wow. Listen, Joel Scared's an attractive man. I'm not saying he's not, but I just... I, listen, I'm you not sure whether Joel there. would say that. You no, no, I'm that not, you I'm, think Joel is no, unattractive. No, Joel seems like the type of guy that doesn't give a toss. So I've just been inclined to know if that's the case. Listen, I, I can sense that you're trying to wriggle your way out of this. I will, I will get in contact with Mister Joel Sked and get his opinion on the situation. You do that. You do that. That sounds like a plan. Um. So obviously. That's that's basically the the kind of three main talking points, isn't it? Really, Gary McKay, mm-hmm. Stephen, Michael Smith, Joe Savage. Anything else you want to mention before we get on to the the vintage maroon eleven? Not really. What I'm literally going to do right now, because we are recording this obviously Monday night, as Brora and Camelin are currently playing. So I'm going to have a look at what the score is. No, we're not. What has no, it been? Not. Has it been delayed? Oh no, it's just that BBC didn't get updates. Sorry, I went on the BBC to try and get updates and apparently they're not doing updates. I was going to say live score would be pretty useless as well, you'd have thought. Yeah, so know. I'm going to have to go on the... This is absolutely top quality oh, content. Oh no, no tell a lie. Live, live score have updated it and it's very interesting. What is the score then? You can bring it us, bring us the news. I- at half time, it's Camelon Juniors 1, Brora Rangers 0. Bloody hell! Courtesy of a 20th minute David Morrison goal. There you go. Maybe we should touch on that. The farce that, that this is the seventh attempt to try to get this game played. <laughs> well, listen, that, that could easily tie in with what we were discussing about, obviously, the suspension and whatever. How can. I mean, I know that they've obviously given the reasons as to why this goes ahead tonight. But. For Brora Rangers, they're what? The Lowland League and what have you. Mm-hmm. Just, how can they play a Scottish Cup game and then just have that kind of time off? It just, it, something, it doesn't add up to me at all. It's just ridiculous mismanagement from people who have no fucking clue what they're doing. Listen, I, I talk about Hearts players stealing a living. Neil Doncaster steals a living. More money? What's he on, like 400 grand a year or something? They reckoned it was about three fifty, yeah. Yeah, just. In, I mean, that is insanity. absolutely scandalous. It Mental. Really is. But hopefully, Camelon win. I mean, we. Sh- I mean, listen, you and me should be able to play for Hearts and we get a result against either of them. But how class would it be for? Cam- I used to live near Camelon. I'd love it if they came to Tyne Castle. That'd be class. 
Well, no, because we're away, aren't we? Oh, First bollocks! We're away. But, but even then, you saying that, that would have been an amazing away day. That would have been. Would have been able to go and that... see my old flats in Stirling. <laughs> oh, you, you could have given us an exclusive kind of Perth to Paisley MTV keep. MTV Cribs edition. That would have been amazing! Oh, fuck! <laughs> Gutted. But never mind. And obviously, the victors of that firstly play us at home, and then the winners of that play Stranraer at home. But the, even even the draw, like, I'm looking at it tonight. Why did the FA Cup down south draw, I think it was the third and fourth round, or the fourth and fifth round simultaneously? It just—it doesn't make any sense to me. I—I yeah, I hate, I hate, I hate the kind of potential outcomes. And I saw—I saw somebody tweet it actually. I think it was—is it the Canadian? Is it Lambo Jambo? Mm-hmm. Am I yeah, pronouncing yeah, yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, and his tweet was really funny actually, um, where he sort of cited a potential outcome. Yeah, I'll see if I can get it up. So can't wait for the Scottish Cup fifth round draw when Hearts play away to Camelon or Brora Rangers or Hamilton Ackies or East Fife or Stranraer. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing is a total shambles. Listen, this is why Scottish football is the best in the world. Look at what's happened today with Celtic and Hibs. You would not get that anywhere else ever. No, you have the three points. No, you have the three points. <laughs> Scottish football, the elite of the elite. Exactly. However, speaking of the elite... Oh, what a segue that is. Thank you very much. I received a message from Ian from Maroon Tinted Specs, who I'm going to give a wee shout out to. And he messaged me on the Perth Paisley account to ask whether Daniel and I would be up for compiling our own vintage Maroon 11. Um, So a little challenge which I thought would be the perfect way to kind of end today's podcast, seeing as we had no fixture at the weekend. Um, So the challenge is to basically come up with a starting eleven of Hearts players with each one from a different season and only one player from said season. Now, quick disclaimer, I've been watching Heart and Midlothian since 2002, having been born in the greatest year of all time, 1998. Therefore, I have to pick 11 seasons from 18 years, which is a lot harder than it perhaps seems. So, are you wanting to get into this first, mate? Yeah, sure. I, this is the thing, right? I'm older than you by a year. Never forget that. I'm older than you by a year. Three Scottish Cups in my lifetime. Three years. <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> on that. This is like that part of that Gary Lineker always jumps into Alan Shearer. <laughs> oh, Ian, Ian Wright, how many times did you win the FA Cup? Oh, twice or whatever it was. Yeah. Alan? <laughs> it's like, no. This is going to follow but, you forever. However, oh, it really will. It however, will haunt me. You actually went to a game before I did. You went in 2002. My first game was... I was, I was brainwashed before you. I went to Tynecastle aged 10 days. 10 days? I got a tour around Tynecastle 10 days old. That is tremendous. It's it's pathetic, is what it is. Was, Gra- was, was Graham behind that? Graham was the man who fell for the Gary Mackay Stephen Photoshop. And I think you have someone else who fell for the Gary Mackay Stephen Photoshop as well. David Kennedy, hang your head in shame. Absolutely embarrassing. The fact that Graham McIver <laughs> knew it was photoshopped and still thought the club had put it out officially. You'd only look at the skin tone, the, the varying skin tone, and it's a ghost white face, and yet the arms are just look as though they've had a two-week stint in Mallorca. 
but you can never see mind. Craig Gordon's beard coming through it. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. However, my first game was 2004, so I've only had like 16, 17 seasons to pick from. It's tough. So it, it it's hard. Tough. However, I have just realised, I actually have got a player from before I went. However, I watched the game at, at home. Oh, that's fine. So that's it counts. Right. However, yeah, are you wanting fine. to do my full team, then your full team, or you want to go position by position? Um, We had something similar where we went position by position. I think that's a, a good format. I agree. Right, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go second. You, the, the, the floor is yours to enlighten us, seeing as you're... I'll let age go before beauty. Yes, that is absolutely... You need the experience in this situation, otherwise it's all going to go tits up. So... <laughs> Right, listen, if you've listened to the podcast that Adam hinted at there where we compiled a team previously, I'm not very good at sticking to rules. <laughs> right? So, there's a few... I think there's two, three people in here that I just had to put in, so the season that they correlate to doesn't necessarily mean that that's the reason they're in. Right, okay. That will make more sense as I go through. However, the first person is that person, is one of the three. So in goals, I had to go with Craig Christian Gordon. Christian Naddy. No. <laughs> I'm not that mental. Craig Gordon. Now, I got very lucky here. Because with a lot of this, as Adam said at the start, if an individual is in... A team from one season no one else can be in from that season however I've managed to fit six people from the 2006 cup with this team into this team Oof. that's that impressive. impressive one of them yeah, is Craig is. Gordon however it is not for the 0506 season it is for the 2020-2021 season that we are currently in ah well played exactly I'm, I'm very impressed with myself I will be honest <laughs> basically I wanted him in and I was thinking oh, if he hadn't re-signed I would have had to use a previous season probably that one and I couldn't have anybody else however he re-signed it's, it's kind of there's not real much point in discussing Craig Gordon because it's Craig Gordon in my opinion he's the best goalkeeper we've ever had in my lifetime he's one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had at the club full stop an absolute legend, came through the club. He's not just... I mean, it's always great when you have somebody who is class that you get, that you like brought in. However, it's extra special when they came through the club. They're a supporter of said team. We say it all the time. There has never been a man who has aged more perfectly than Craig Gordon. He's just the perfect package. And folk love an academy graduate and record sale... Oh, we're... We've we've been Craig Gordon up enough. Exactly. He's in. It's a, have you it's got a, it's yours? It's a great choice. Is he in your team? I do. He's not. He's not. I know it seems bizarre that he's not, but I think my reasoning is decent. So we mentioned that 2017 season when obviously Michael Smith had joined the club amongst, you know, many. And I've gone for, for the goalie that season, which was John McLaughlin. Reason being... I had absolutely no idea who John McLaughlin was prior to him signing. Hold my hands up. But after consistent top performances and, let's face it, a, a bang average season, um, I obviously soon did. And 
he was at the heart of seven consecutive clean sheets, which nearly became eight, uh, which obviously then became our club record. So statistically, I'm listen. I'd love to have kept him for longer. I think he's he's up there personally. So I've gone John McLaughlin from the 2017-18 season, primarily because also the best league match I've ever been at. He kept a clean sheet in that win against Celtic. So top keeper. Very fair. I think that for me, my top five keepers at Hearts, again, not in an order, but both Craig Gordon and John McLaughlin are in it, along with Jane McDonald, Auntie Nemi, and I just loved Marion Kello. I would not dispute any of them, personally, because obviously the old man's ranted and raved about Auntie Nemi, even despite my younger years, so no, I'd go along with that. And obviously, another key reason as to why I've gone McLaughlin here, you're very tactical in what you did, which was very smart, with obviously choosing this current season, but my 2005-06 is for another player, and I didn't opt for Gordon in 06-07, because then that's obviously when he left for Sunderland after the various links and what have you, so who's your right back? My right back is the man that I hinted at earlier for the 1920 season, a season I think every single Hearts fan on the face of the earth wants to pretend never happened. However, he was the one bright spot. He has been very often the only bright spot of the last few years. It's Michael Smith. I've, we've spoken about him a lot in this podcast. I just absolutely adore him. And he's my favourite right back to ever play for us. I got emotional at the end of that, apparently. <laughs> understandable um, listen it's funny we've had two positions now and we've opted for two totally different players but a player that you obviously mentioned along with Smith or rather that I mentioned was Callum Patterson Dr Funk himself mm-hmm. um, and obviously that season the 2014-15 season is the one that I've chosen which was the only league title that we've sadly seen us win at the time of writing I've got lad. no one from that season have you not? I've just realised that right now. I was I was tempted to go for Sam because he's a fellow Pennycook boy and obviously one of my pals. But I think but Patterson, Patterson was the star of that team. Yeah, and it speaks volumes that from that season I've chosen a right back because I think he's one of. We touched on Craig Gordon being an academy graduate. I think Callum Patterson's one of the best academy graduates, certainly that we've seen us produce. So, yeah. Dr. Funk seems a, a reasonable choice here. The man who plays football as if he's pr- playing pro clubs on FIFA. You just hero. absolutely love to see it. So a, a cult hero, if not a legend. Absolutely. Um, so, centre-halves. Right, well, we're going to make it three from three for different oh. people. Excellent. Because there is no fucking chance you've got this guy in. Oh, I know who it is. So, as I said... <laughs> Shut up, that is the first letter of his name. Well done, you're correct. <laughs> so, 2004-2005 was my first season. January 2005, we played Berwick Rangers in the Scottish Cup at Tynecastle. We won 2-1. And lining up that day was a very good team. It featured Craig Gordon, it featured current manager Robbie Nielsen, it had individuals like Phil Stamp, Kevin McKenna, who I love, couldn't get into this team, but I love Kevin McKenna so much. So many amazing people. However, the man that captained us that day, the man that quickly became my first ever favourite player 
He captained us to Scottish Cup glory as well. Not in this season, however, next season. It is Big Elvis, Stephen Presley. From till now till the day I die, I will love Stephen Presley. I love him. His son is class and football manager as well. So there's that. His, his son's doing uh, bits and bobs for Brentford, isn't he? He is indeed. Um, yeah. Looks like he's going to have a very... Aaron, is it? Yes. Um, yeah. Looks like he's going to have a very big future. And if it's... In, in fairness, if it's anything like his dad's in terms of honours and what he's no, going on to do, it, it would be an incredible feat to kind of match him. But yes, Stephen Presley... I know he's quite divisive, but nothing like you can never. It doesn't matter what happens. He was my first ever favourite player, and I love him. Stephen Presley, my captain. I cannot hold that against you whatsoever. That's that's fair enough, mate. I know that you want to kill me. It's fine. No, listen. This this is what it's all about: opinions. But it's funny because I think we've finally got a similar season. Did you say 0405? I did indeed. I have also opted for an 0405 centre back. <sighs> Growing up, one of my favourite players, Andy Webster. Another guy Clear. I wanted to get into this team, but I just couldn't fit him in. But what a man! It's, it's harsh. I mean, it's just he's he's been a member of the squad where we've won one of the two major honours in our lives. Scored one of my favourite derbies that 2011-12 winning season, the the three-one yes. win at Easter Road. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I just I love Andy Webster, always have, and uh, I don't want to make jambos of different generations feel old here, but two thousand four oh five that is that is retro hearts for us. So mm-hmm. got got to have Andy Webster in there. Very, Your other centre half? Very very fair. I am not, however, including Andy Webster, despite the fact I would love to. I am going with a man that we've spoken a lot about. Sadly, this season. Which is a shame. Oh, yes. So I think we've got a, a similar player for once. <gasps> yes, finally four <laughs> positions in. However, as I weirdly again, I forgot about this actually, but I spoke about him earlier, speaking about coups, and in that twenty seventeen eighteen season that you've got John McLaughlin in, oh, I've gone for. I am going with Christoph Berra. That's that's weird because I've got exactly ten seasons beforehand. That's on two thousand seven eight. Ah. Yeah. Well, that that season from Christoph Bear the return is one of the best seasons I have ever seen a Hearts player have. Fair comment. Can't can't disagree. It's just it's like you say watching them these days. It's just heartbreaking. It's just um. It's really got, especially because, listen, stuff just happens to me. There's like things associated with my life that are always terrible. And one of them is that on my 21st birthday, when I was in attendance at Tynecastle as we beat Celtic, one of my favourite players of all time rips his hamstring off his leg. And that was it after that, wasn't it? That was it. That was absolutely it. So obviously... Hearts fans just now will view Christoph Bear through that lens. However, the moment he retires, he will just... And he still is now, even though what he's currently going through. He is an absolute legend. Again, another one we speak about came through the ranks. Had to fill really, really big shoes as well when he came through the team. Um, another one that we, of course, could have mentioned was his partner in the 07-08 season, Zalukas. Um, of Great course... Show. 
it's again it's just there's so many players in here where you go oh for god's sake I couldn't get him in like Nielsen isn't in my team who I'm gutted about but that partnership as Alu Kisimbera was incredible but I just I think Christoph Berra for us was at his peak in that 2017-18 season interesting because I I would say that obviously him breaking through he then became the youngest captain in the SPL mm-hmm. after Craig Gordon left for Sunderland and even with that weight on his shoulders it didn't phase big Christoph at all you mentioned Zal there it's a great point because as much as we've seen some absolute dross we have seen a couple of decent players in our time so this this is tricky despite what folk may believe but uh, yeah I think obviously I'd I chose his breaking through phase, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the the youngest captain in the SPL there, and obviously, by the end of the o seven o eight season, I think he'd gained an international recognition with uh, with Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, even despite Hearts' sort of horror showing in the league that season, so that tells you all that you need to know, really, and that even in an underperforming team, he was deemed good enough to represent Scotland, and then, similar to Stephen Naismith, like you say, ultimately reached the peak of his powers at the Prem. And delighted to to obviously see him come back at the time. So solid, no nonsense, decent inclusion from us both. Well done, mate. Another one who has also aged tremendously as well. Yeah, agreed. Left back. Left back is going with probably the best player I've ever seen at this club in terms of international approval, notoriety, the CV that he came in on. Oh, I know who it is. So this is my player from that 05-06 season when we won the Scottish Cup. I could not have... Good choice. Takis Fisas out this squad. He had to be in it. The man arrived to us after winning the Euros. Let that sink in. Genuinely let that sink in. When do we have a player that even won... Their own, like their own player of the year come in to us never mind won the European Championships it's funny you mention that because one of my inclusions at a later date also won an international tournament whilst at Hearts but Takis Visas oh. solid inclusion could you imagine Portugal are the reigning European Championship holders with obviously it being knocked back if CR7 ever gets bored of Turin <laughs> he's got a home in Gorgie do you know actually what it is kind of a comparison of? It's uh-huh. similar to if somebody like William Carvalho came. Yeah. Yeah, sort of not like the... Well, a, a mainstay in the team, but not a massive name Yeah, as such. Yeah. Yeah, that's, good. that's a decent wee comparison, that. I just think, like, one of the best on-the-ball players I've ever seen... He was absolutely incredible. Obviously, people are currently saying that our current left-back, Stephen Kingsley, he is the best left-back we've had since Takis. And whether or not you agree with that or you do agree, the fact that we've only heard that once and it's taken 15 years for us to hear that comparison, it says everything about the player that he was. Baller. Absolute baller. And you can't forget... Him singing the Champions League song as well. What exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you've gone for Takis Fisas. I've thrown it back to 2009-2010. Interesting. And I've gone, obviously, that left-back has been a problem position. 
but I've gone for Lee Wallace. That's fair. Who, uh, uh, listen, 2019-20, uh, I, I was tempted to include Wee Hickey because mm-hmm. he just looks an absolute baller. But I've gone for Lee Wallace given that some of the left-backs that followed him were absolutely rotten. Um, I've altered the time frame to include my, my left midfielder in the 2010-11 season. So this is where the challenge becomes tricky in that if you're smuggling somebody in, you sort of have to give a decent justification for, for said season. Um, but Wallace was attracting Premier League interest, and quite rightly so, I think, from Wolves. Um, won Hearts Players Player of the Year that season in 2009-2010. Um, and let's be frank, he was a bright light in another, let's face it, dull season. So another youth prospect who you're gutted to see leave, particularly to Rangers. But breaking through, what a player. And Lee Wallace was one of his pals that played in the same youth setup at Hearts. Uh, I actually used to work with my dad, so my dad's met Lee Wallace and whatever. Uh, Stuart, I'll give Stuart a wee shout out if he's listening. Uh, Stuart's wedding, so Lee Wallace, top man, top player. That's a very fair point. Again, he was one of the other left backs that I wanted to include because I love Lee Wallace, but totally. And it's a tricky position, I have to say. There's only about four that you can put up for it, really. No, of course. So, I'm playing this as a four-four-two. By the way, I don't know what you're doing. I've gone for a a four-four-two with a sort of shadow striker, if you like. That's fair. That's which fair. probably gives away who it is, but yes. never mind. Um, I am going to my left mid, and I feel I don't know. I think out of all of them, this is the one that we have the best chance of getting the same player. And the same season. Right. Because my left mid is for the 2010-11 season. As is mine. And it but... is David Templeton. Oh, baller. Absolute baller. It is! Loved. We've got one Loved. Loved temps. So, of course, Templeton signed for us in another January transfer window, actually. January 2007. Took him a couple of years to kind of cement himself in the team however that 2010-11 season was absolutely the season to remember he scored one of the best Derby goals I've ever seen at Easter Road where he picks the ball up and just runs through everybody unreal and slots it past he scored I think he scored his first goal that year not that season and then by the time it got to the end of this season It looked like he'd been scoring for us for seasons past. He was nominated and then won. No, he didn't win. He didn't win. He was nominated for PFA Player of the Year. However, he won Hearts Fan Player of the Year. It was just an absolutely incredible season from a position that is often inconsistent with individuals. But Templeton just was consistently brilliant. And that's despite being at such a young age. I think he was only about 21, 22. He, was, so he, he turned 22 during the season. So on, on, that's basically like me doing that now. What a scary thought. But no, I, it's funny. Gary Mackay, Stephen, I was so tempted to say that we've not had anybody like that since David Templeton. Um, I love a tricky winger and Temps was just 
the epitome of that. He's Raj Wee hairdo. Seemed like seemed like one of those sort of street ballers. Yeah, um, yeah. And just a, a sort of old-fashioned type as well, one that can take somebody on, hit the byline, cut inside, look threatening, just a, a nuisance. Um, the Anfield goal obviously came later on and, again, devastated when he was eventually sold to Rangers. But then I realised the extent that he went to in order to try and keep Hearts alive at that point. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that um, because that's the sort of age that I, I was, I was at a sort of tender age at that point. And when you lose somebody of David Templeton's calibre, it just, particularly two Rangers, it was just a sore one. And it's only once you get a bit older, you realise that it, it, it was for the best in that he raised us money to keep us going. Mm-hmm. And that team, like you say, I mean, Templeton, Scatchell, Kyle, Elliot, oh, the nostalgia. Absolutely. And that, that's, so, that's a good segue, actually. Oh, perfect. Who have you got? I take it you're going to centre mid. No, I'm going to my right. I'm doing my, my wide players first. Right, okay. Who's, who's on the right flank? Speaking about nostalgia, it is a player who... This is often you'll get players put in for like seasons. For example, Berra's season with me, seventeen eighteen. Temps' season, um, ten eleven. There, this player is put in for a single game, and he was good for us. He was very good for us in points. He also had lulls, but this game, it is from the oh six oh seven game, probably the best derby. I've ever seen in my life in terms of back and forth the place is bouncing you don't know who's going to win it because the 5-1, the 4-0 and stuff like that we just walked through them but the Boxing Day derby of 2006-07 where we go 2-0 up through a very early Paul Hartley goal and then 2-0 up from a Jankowskis tapping after Mikowski is just in his continued forms. Love you, Zibby, wherever you are now. Halcyon days, can I just say. Absolutely. However, John Collins' team did get it back to 2-1, and then they equalised with 2-2 with a Dean Shields penalty that subsequently saw him sent off for just punching Craig Gordon in the face. That rat! Exactly. However, the game was finished by my right mid, Salius Michaelinus. I've just, I can't even say his name, I'm so excited. I'm actually so excited (laughs) thinking about the goal. Salius Michaelinus. And he just hits one of the best goals I've ever seen. <laughs> Miko's a, a worthy inclusion. I've it, I've actually gone for nobody. I don't I don't think from all six or seven have I. Interesting. Um, just scrolling through, I don't think so. So, good choice. He just the ball comes to him after Novakovic takes the piss. No, it isn't Novakovic. Who is it? Who takes the piss on the left hand side? No, Somebody does him. stuff. A bunch. Of, I was thinking of the Kevin Kyle. Was it Chesnowskis? It was Chesney. It was Chesney. Chesney does a bunch of great inner workings with Hartley, and then it is teed up to Miko. And just before he hits it, it actually bobbles. And it's one of those where if that bobble had taken it one way, it would probably have went Sky over the Gorgi stand. Not so handsome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he just hits it so perfectly, and as soon as he hit it. He started running away because he just knew Zibby can't move. Top corner, what a Bedlam. way to win a derby! 
Yeah, Bedlam. That's that's an all-time Edinburgh Derby classic, 100%. It also led to me, four years later, meeting John Collins as he came into my school to teach us football, <laughs> and I made a room of 50 kids laugh at him because he did a Q&A first, and loads of people were asking questions about him oh, and stuff like ask? that. I didn't say anything until the teacher went, anybody got any questions? I didn't put my hand up. And I just went, hi, John, um, what was your record as a Hart, uh, Hibs player and manager against Hearts? And he just went, oh, uh, I never won any. And I went, I know. <laughs> and it just made everybody die laughing. And I embarrassed Joe God in front of a room of 14-year-olds. Well played. Fuck you, John Collins. Well played. <laughs> hate him. The passing and movement of tempo. Oh, I hate that's such a good John Collins impression. What the fuck? <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's all right. Who's Go your Who's your right mate? Is it John Collins? <laughs> Funnily enough, it's not. I don't, I don't think he'd particularly be improved with the passing, the movement, and the tempo of this team. However, obviously, I'm. I've got Callum Patterson at right back in my team, so Callum might have to do the attacking uh, down the right wing for him. Um, but I've gone for Ryan Stevenson oh, because inclusion. I absolutely adore Ryan Stevenson. I always will. Um, I think uh, he must regret leaving Hearts because of missing out on that Scottish Cup winners medal, and then obviously coming back just. I, I don't think his importance can be underestimated in the 2013-14 season, which is the season that I've gone for here. Um, just absolutely gutted that we couldn't win that 2013 League Cup final, given his brace against St Mirren. The goal at Easter Road in, I think, the quarter final, absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. We discussed that on your FM stream at the weekend, yep. so I'll give you a quick chance to plug that. Yes, playing FM second season. Just signed Eamon Brophy and Stuart Finlay on, as free agents. Get involved. You're welcome for the Stuart Finlay recommendation. It's all right, even um, though he told me to fuck off the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, going back to Steve-O, I mean, an, an older head amongst a team of teens, his experience was invaluable. And I think he still managed to give us some great moments in what was arguably our trickiest season following Hearts. Um, mm-hmm. And picked up as sort of a, a rough diamond as such, a, a lower league gem, easily played his part for us in the top tier and I'd have loved to have seen Ryan Stevenson stay. He obviously mentioned that on Open Goal, the way that things ended and still speaks so passionately about his time at heart. So absolutely love Steve-O. A decent inclusion, I think. Absolutely. You are right though, Patterson's going to have to do everything for him on that right-hand side. Oh, that's absolutely. But listen, Callum Patterson bombs forward, so that's true. fine. I've got no qualms about that. Very true. Um, we then move into the midfield, and these are the two that the seasons don't correlate. I just needed to get these two in. Right. I've gone for central midfielders that are actually 10 seasons exactly apart. So I've gone for oh, wow. 05, 06, interesting, I know, and 2015, 16. Wow. I've not went that adventurous. Right, okay. My first um, one. Well, I was, going to say, I was going to say, I've sort of given clues for my two, but bash on with yours because I'm intrigued. Well, my first one is 
the 0304 season, which Oof. doesn't have a lot of importance as I said to him in that moment however what he went on to do at the club I just couldn't not have him in he signed for us then he went on to lift the Scottish Cup however didn't get to finish the game in that cup final which I will partly still never really forgive him for it is Sir Paul Hartley who I've also opted for as one of the centre mids from oh so he's your 0506 yeah, from that team. Wow. Talk to me about that then, because you have more of a reason to have him in that season. I just have him in because I want Paul Harley to be in my team. <laughs> well, I obviously had to choose somebody from that team. And given I'd opted for McLaughlin in goal, and you'll see my reasoning later on, um, I would go as far as to say that even despite my young age, Paul Hartley was the best central midfielder in the country that season. Big claims. Big claims, which I think are fully justified. I think, listen, that, that bromance he had with Rudy was unparalleled. His hat-trick in the Scottish Cup semi-final gets talked about tons, but not enough. The penalty against Aberdeen to seal the deal as league runners-up obviously then becoming the first non-old-firm Scottish side to participate in the Champions League. With the most mental moment ever, because normally with a penalty, you get, like, the home fans kind of be like, yes, and the opposition fans be like, boo, fuck off, and then there's that half a second as they go to take it where the silence. But the minute Hartley puts the ball down, Tynecastle is just in complete silence out of fear. And then simultaneously erupts. Yeah. But, no, just... I mean, what what can I say about Sir Paul Hartley? A phenomenal midfield player. Started my sort of love and appreciation for those box-to-box types. They just don't make them like Paul Hartley anymore. And that is a decent inclusion for me, I think. Obviously, it was tough to choose somebody from that season. But I think it's justified given my reasoning later on. That's very fair. And the one thing I would love, Paul, is if you could just not absolutely punt a Gretna player just as we're heading to penalties and you're basically our best penalty taker. I was about to say, as best penalty taker, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. But no, of course, he has to be in. And then my other centre mid is from the 07-08 season. Again, not really the season you think of him from. Michael uh, Stewart? It's not Michael Stewart. <laughs> Don't you even suggest that. <laughs> How dare you? The man I'm most embarrassed to say that he has captained this club. Oh, it's just embarrassing, man. It's not him. It is the man that, as a young child, was one of my favourite players, got his name on the back of the shirt, and now, as a sad 23-year-old man, I can say I regularly speak to, and he, reg- and he was incredibly kind enough to come onto this podcast. It is Mr. Andrew Driver. Never a central midfielder in his puff. <laughs> He's not. I messaged him about this and he went, that team's never winning with me in the middle. <laughs> did he actually say that to you? Yes, he did. What a guy. But I just, obviously, most notably on the left, however, Templeton had to get in that on that side. I just, Andy Driver just, when on his day, he was absolutely unplayable. Of course, Sadly plagued with injuries. However, he's one of the very few players I ever got on the back of a shirt. 
so I had to include him. Along with the right back now. I know. Two of these... Oh no, four of these people are the five I've ever had on the back of a shirt. Don't tell me Stephen Presley's one. Presley isn't one because his name's too long, so it would have been too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm intrigued to know now. So Smith, Driver, Bearer, and then somebody that I've not mentioned. Oh, no, there's five because I got Larry Kingston. Ken in that white away kit with the maroon stripes and the gold and the orange sort yeah. of detail. Yeah. That Kingston in the back of that. What a fucking idiot child I was, by the way. When was that? Was that Umbro? That must yes, it was Umbro. O- it was 08 09? Yes, roughly that. It was yeah. roughly 08 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had Larry Kingston on the back of that. I don't know. I think I asked for it. I think I was given it. <laughs> Fair enough. But who have you got as your other sentiment? Fifteen sixteen. Yeah. Is it Wacky Madeo? He wasn't a fifteen no. sixteen. He was a fifteen that. sixteen would have been newly promoted, so it's a yeah. player that's played under Robbie. And you mentioned Takis Fisas with his international recognition. I've got another oh. that ultimately we gave the platform to earn that international <gasps> recognition. Kenny Anderson? No. <laughs> With an African country. I know who you mean now. Jim, 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 Jim. He comes from Cameroon. <laughs> oh, I wanted Jim in as well. I've gone for Arnold Jim. I'm sick of saying it to all my mates, but we have not replaced Arnold Jim since he left the club. <laughs> no, we've no, we've no. We really, ha- we really haven't. I just, he seemed like a total waif and stray when we picked him up. And I don't think anybody was expecting much because if I remember rightly, it was in about September, October time mm-hmm. as a free agent. Um, but it was similar to hearing. Impact. It was similar to hearing. We'd never heard. Kind of came from just yeah. this random league, and then he was class. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. This is obviously one to get in touch with London Hearts or whoever. But I'm assuming that he's the only player contracted to Hearts to win an international trophy whilst at the club. That Don't must know. be the case. Pro- prob- probably going to chuck that out to London Hearts, or if somebody can tell me, some stat will listen to this. It must be the case, but I remember saying on Facebook that he's the best midfielder we've had since Rudy Scatchell, willing to fight anybody on this issue, an absolute baller. Justified inclusion, personally. He was class. I just always felt he got a rough time for folk towards the end. He was always the yeah. scapegoat. And we, we mentioned it last week with Lee getting shunted out on the right. Mm-hmm. Maybe part of that was because Jim was played out position. The amount of but. times he was chucked out on the right-hand side when you could see we were desperate for creativity in the middle and Levine was just like, stand on the byline. And it was like, what is he going to do there? Do you know, the, the two centre mids I've got, they're sort of both box to box and I feel like they'd be brilliant in either at either end, really, yeah. with Jim and Paul Hartley. So I think that's a, a solid centre mid pairing. So happy with that. As for you've gone four four two, yeah, right. So, into the nitty gritty to finish it off. Who have you got up front? Well, it could also kind of be a four four one one with this individual playing in behind. Well, that's that's what I've gone. I, th- I think I know what's coming here. But go well, on. I think this is going to be our second player and season the same. Uh huh. 
11-12 Rudy. 11-12 Rudy Scatchel. Mainly, because listen... Had to be. Listen, Rudy could have been in, obviously, for 05-06. He could have been in for so many different reasons. He's the best player I've ever seen play at the club. For me, in my lifetime, he's the best player to ever play for us. But, for me, it's that that semi-final against Celtic summed Rudy up for me. I know that BA always gets the headlines and justifiably he won us that game but Rudy's goal is the most Rudy goal I've ever seen he doesn't he pretends to move that's what he does he, he's so lazy he can't be bothered moving but he pretends to move so he, he drops a shoulder and he's like I'm going to round this defender I can't remember who it is and the defender fully buys it and then all he does is just kind of walk through them and slot it past Forster. It's it's one of those iconic goals that when you're watching it, you don't realise just how big it is. And it's one of them where I, I was right behind the goal at Same. a Barry view, sort of midway up the stand. And I can still visualise it to this day. I really can. And it's absolute bedlam. I mean, I'd been 13, about to turn 14, and I can still remember that. I'm 22 now. Also... So, also on that day what a guy I've told this story before so I'll tell an abridged version driving back from that we put my brother's scarf in the back seat we hear a beep of the horn and we look and it's Rudy on the team bus at the horn banging on the window beeping the bus horn at us and then he motioned for us to follow and we followed them to Rickard and it was just incredible <laughs> like you say the best player we've seen in maroon and white the sweetest left foot I've ever seen. A god amongst men. He, ha- he had to be. He had to be a choice for us both. Yeah. And it's interesting because now obviously we've gone basically the same formation. Because I, I, you're right, I've slotted him as a, as a kind of attacking midfield slash shadow striker, if you like. Yeah. So, but I'm intrigued to see who you've got him in behind. Right. There were so many options here. In modern day, you could argue Naismith, Lafferty, So, going back a wee bit. Jankowskis, Bednar, even Zayfouk, Zayfouk, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jankowskis, Bednar, who Bednar is one of the best players I've ever seen play for us, but I couldn't, oh. I couldn't fit him in. Jankowskis, I adore, couldn't fit him in. We're going back even further, and for me, this oh. is the earliest season on my list. Oh, as it as it is mine, I think. <gasps> o two o three. It's o two o three. Oh, who have you got? Oh, it'll be different. It'll be different from mine. You, you'll have chosen. You'll have chosen the other one from me. <gasps> Surely it's not. So, on my fifth birthday, Hearts did me the pleasure of scoring five goals for me in an Edinburgh derby. And did this, this man score one or four? This man scored four. Oh yes, <laughs> I've got Mark Devries as well. Well, so our two strikers are the exact same and from yeah. the same seasons. R- Rudy in behind MDV, love that. What a man! Yeah, first first Hearts hero, like we touched on. Yeah. I think I think it was the episode that we had uh, Robert Borthwick on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my, my first match was at at four years old, December two thousand and two, two one win over Livy, courtesy of an Andy Kirk brace. However, fully aware of Mark DeVries and his, his Derby debut, those exploits, and ultimately, even then in the following seasons, I think he obviously netted the winner against Bordeaux in France and arguably one of the greatest mm-hmm. sort of Euro wins, certainly in our lifetime. 
um, and could do, could do a job with Rudy in behind him, definitely. So decent inclusion, mate. Just Look at us. I know. I, again, Andy Kirk's another fantastic shout. I love Andy Kirk. Yeah. A lot of it is down to that one game, just because it's so special for me. My fifth birthday, we scored five goals against Hibs. It's the first Edinburgh derby I have memories of. Because yeah, I think it probably is mine as well. As I've said numerous Even times. Even though I wasn't at the game or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my dad wasn't allowed to go because it was my birthday. <laughs> Poor Graham. I know, I know. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> however, he got to see the other 5-1, so it's fine. Um, Every cloud. Exactly. But just, again, another one who kind of came from... Uh, maybe this is just me looking back because I... I was so young, but just a man who kind of came from obscurity, this big, fucking huge Dutchman who just arrived and just ripped up the league. Yeah, cool character, Matt De Vries, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, so that's that's quite something. I I, I did not... As soon as you said 2002-03, I was convinced you would go with Andy Kirk. It was tight. I love Andy Kirk so much. He's an amazing human being. But... That, that's a decent duo up front, to be fair. I know that would. Get, however, yes. if you put them in modern day, they'd get two goals between them because that's what we do to strikers now. <laughs> Fact. So, are you are you going through your team? Kind of say we do like a a keeper, or just a list of player and position. Yeah. If you you run it through, because yeah. we've obviously got some differing time periods and player selection so Absolutely. give us your sort of 1 to 11 if you like so in goals for the current season we're in 2020-21 Craig Gordon right back for the 1920 season Michael Smith one centre half my captain 0405 season Stephen Presley other centre half for the 1718 season Christoph Berra left back 0506 cup win season Takis Fisas left mid 10-11 season David Templeton right mid 0607 season Salius Michaelinus centre mid out of position 0708 Andy Driver other centre mid 0304 Paul Hartley in the number 10 I guess you'd call it 11-12 Rudy Scatchell and up front 0203 Mark De Vries who have you got? That's smashing so I've got 2017-18 John McLaughlin in goal a back four of 2014-15 Callum Patterson with 2004-05 Andy Webster and my skipper 07-08 Christoph Berra with Lee Wallace from the 2009-2010 season at left back midfield quartet of 2013-14 Ryan Stevenson 2015-16 Arnold June 2005-06 Paul Hartley 2010-11 David Templeton with 11-12 Rudy Scatchell in behind 2002-2003 Mark De Vries Absolutely so, fantastic I guess what we're asking here is can Jambos do any better and if they can feel free to fire a tweet to either Maroon Tinted Specs or ourselves ideally both and because I'm sure that we'd obviously we'll retweet any ones that we get and I think it's a good challenge because particularly for younger listeners like obviously us two, given the time constraint that you're sort of limited to and obviously the rules that go with it. So, yeah, that's two solid teams, mate. I think we've done pretty well. Who would win? Oof. I think I'm fucked with driver in the middle, like. <laughs> hey, you say that, but 
I'll, I'll need Callum Patterson to put in some shift <laughs> down the right hand side. I don't know. Maybe we'll leave that to the listeners. If we we'll get some sort of graphic on the go and we can have it side by side and we'll leave it up to the listeners yeah. to decide who wins. What what I mean, I know it's obviously a hearts team, but could you call it like some sort of team name? Have you got like a team name for yours? No. <laughs> I'll go with The Snooker and Darts. There you are. Brilliant. You're an absolute genius. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I will. Ju- I was just about to think of a team name, and I've just seen Brora Rangers have just taken the league in the lead against ten man Camelon. Oh dear. So. Oh it looks dear. Like that's happening. However, I'm going to go with Elvis's eleven. Oh, for mine's sake. So, get that up, yes. However, thank you very much for listening to this episode it's been a bit all over the place in terms of me just jumping back and forth but i've liked how fluid it's been i hope you all feel the same so yes we are at perth paisley you can get us at perth paisley on all the social medias and youtube where if you want to watch the video podcast of this currently it's just a photo this week it's a photo of gary mccassian's face loving that um yeah please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice it massively massively helps us out please don't forget as adam said tweet us your favorite all-time 11s however you have to have the caveat all from different seasons try and do it it is harder than you think adam where can people get you on social media people get me on social media at adam t kendall and you can tag either myself or daniel as well as perth paisley and maroon tinted specs in your 11s we'll get bombarded with them what about yourself absolutely i am at mccarver the mark we will be back next weekend hopefully after having played Aloha away but with the way that everything's going I don't know hopefully we'll, we'll though see yeah we will see hopefully though we will have played and we'll have got a win and we'll be back next week thank you very much thanks for listening what the JTs 